Hello, and welcome to the Enlightened Awakening Podcast, a place of honest and authentic conversations. For episode three this week, we're going to be talking about the bi-directionality of positive self-talk and how it can be destructive when not used strategically. Typically, when we hear about the term positive self-talk, we think about all the ways that thinking in a positive way can actually benefit one's life. As we're going to dive into a little bit later, though, we'll see that there is another side of that. But before that, Uriel, go ahead and walk us through some of the benefits that have been associated with positive self-talk. Right. So the literature has like a lot of benefits outlined, uh, positive self-talk. What's really important to identify, though, and we've kind of broken it down to seven major benefits. And I'll start with number one, improve mental health. Number two, increased motivation. Number three, it builds self-esteem. Number four, increased belief in oneself. Number five, increased resilience. Number six, decreased perceived levels of stress. And number seven, improved outlook of life. Now, I want us to think about those seven benefits that we've outlined, and I want us to talk about a little bit about how positive self-talk has improved our lives. So tell me, Timmy, how can you relate to these seven benefits? Good question, man. And I appreciate that list because it covers in a very extensive way why it is that positive self-talk is held in such high regard. Beginning with improved mental health, while we talked last week about negative self-talk and the downsides associated with that, so very easily, we can see how believing in the best of yourself and communicating that to yourself internally, of course, that is, well, I shouldn't say it is, but it could very well lead to an improved outlook on yourself, your life, your different situations and circumstances, which ultimately is going to lead to improved mental health. I will say that for myself, when there have been periods of time where I was struggling a little bit more to maintain equilibrium when it came to mental health, for myself, positive self-talk that is rooted in my faith, again, that's just my belief, but positive self-talk that is rooted in my faith is something that helped me navigate through difficult times and kept my mental health where it needed to be in order to continue progressing forward. In terms of increased motivation, I will say that when I have taken the time to actually think carefully about why it is that I want to achieve what I want to achieve and then gave myself guidance on how to pursue that by internally speaking to myself or even sometimes saying positive affirmations out loud about what it is that I plan to achieve for that specific day, I have found that oftentimes it facilitates the ability for me to follow through on those things. I touched on this briefly in terms of improved mental health, but this idea of how it also builds your self-esteem, that goes very, very well with the previous two points about how When you're following through on what it is that you say you're going to do, that improves your self-image, that improves your self-esteem. And so that's another way that I've been able to leverage this idea of positive self-talk. When it comes to increased belief in oneself, again, when you're acting in a way that is in accordance with what you believe, 
and who you believe yourself to be, that is ultimately going to allow you to have a greater view of yourself, to have more belief in yourself, what you're able to achieve, and the benefits that can come with actually striving to become the greatest version of yourself. Increase resilience. In difficult times, the last thing that you want to do is to talk down to yourself. The last thing you want to do is to remind yourself of previous times when you weren't able to overcome difficult circumstances. And so I can see why it is that the literature talks about how it allows us to have increased resilience, particularly in the times that we find ourselves in where people are in short supply of resilience. This idea of decreasing perceived levels of stress, I think, is also very important because we do know that when you ruminate on things that are negative, when you succumb to negative self-talk, it increases levels of cortisol in your body, which ultimately has a whole host of physiological effects, right? And so I can understand, again, why it is that the literature highlights this as one of the most common benefits. And then lastly, improved outlook on life. Well, with these previous six things that we've talked about, each of those benefits ultimately lends itself to having a improved outcome or a rather an improved outlook on life. And so those are some of the ways that I've been able to leverage those seven points, but I want to hear from you. What are some of the ways that you've been able to actually see the benefits that the literature talks about in terms of positive self-talk in your own life? Yeah, that's quite a large list to break down into, you know, quantifiable things that have happened in my life. But as you've kind of beautifully put it already, you know, those similar effects of positive self-talk, I think, can generally be sort of played by most people. I'll start with improved mental health and the amount of times that I can see even just the motivation that sometimes comes from getting yourself to do something that you didn't want to do because you didn't believe that you were capable of doing it, right, can have an increasingly positive impact in your life and directly having an effect on improving your mental health. Increased motivation. I mean, I really just kind of briefly touched on that. And sometimes we just need that little bit of push. Some of us like to find that through motivational videos or motivational speakers. Generally speaking, the most sustainable piece of motivation and drive really has to come from within. At the end of the day, we are with ourselves, with our own thoughts. So we have to be able to find that push from within ourselves in those moments of chaos, in those moments of darkness. Building self-esteem, I think for the most part, that's very straightforward. The more you do the things that you know you need to do, instead of succumbing to the thought that you could act or that you didn't act, you begin to build this foundation of a person that acts on the things that they know they need to do. And inevitably, a result of that is improved self-esteem. Increasing your belief in oneself, that's just about taking a leap of faith a lot of the time, to be honest with you. Positive self-talk has a huge impact on that. But ultimately, again, right, you got to be able to say, I can do this and and I'm going to take that leap of faith. And within reason, being understanding that not everything is going to go your way, but that you're in control. Increasing resilience. Again, 
The stronger your foundation, the stronger your self-esteem, the stronger your belief in yourself, naturally, your resilience is going to be right there following all those metrics. Decreased perceived levels of stress. I'm a huge believer of how perceived level of stress can actually increase, as you said, your physiological response to cortisol levels. It can lead to a, a variety of side effects, physically, psychologically, and emotionally, and even spiritually. The amount of times where I have doubted my faith because of my perceived level of stress have led me to dark paths that I wish I didn't go through. And knowing that I am capable, and in my personal faith, I choose to believe that God is with me. And that is, in a way, positive self-talk, because I know that with God, I can do anything. Amen. And lastly, improved outlook of life. And this will change from one person to the other. And, and, you know, it's vastly different depending on our beliefs, whether they're spiritual, emotional, psychological, the way we grew up. But in my own experience, I find that when I've incorporated positive self-talk in a variety of means, I find that my life and the way that I see it, I see it more as like a work in progress, right? It's like you're building a house, I got to put up a wall. And I can't just put up a wall any type of way. And I know nothing about construction. So, But I know that when you're building a house, the first thing you do is you build the foundation, right? So you, that your house can stand tall and can withstand all of the adversities that life will throw at it. And so seeing this, it allowed me, through positive self-talk, to build those walls and build that rigidity that is going to cause me to be resilient and improve my self-esteem. But I will say this, there were times in my life where obsessing over positive thinking crossed the lines into toxic positivity. So I do want to talk a little bit about that, and I want us to define toxic positivity. Zon Villanez on Medical News Today, and I want to apologize if I butchered that name, but uh, they define toxic positivity as an obsession with positive thinking. It is a belief that people should put a positive spin on all experiences, even those that are profoundly tragic. They continue on to say, Toxic positivity can silence negative emotions, demean grief, and make people feel under pressure to pretend to be happy, even when they're struggling. So, Timmy, Tell us how this can be harmful. First of all, I just want to say I appreciate you bringing that, that definition into play because I think it really lends itself nicely to some of the ideas that you and I have been talking about, about why it is that positive self-talk can ultimately be destructive and lead to toxic positivity if it is not used strategically. And there's three main pillars as to why it is that this phenomenon is something that we need to be cognizant of and to protect ourselves against. The first of which being that it creates cognitive dissonance. Number two, that it strips us of our agency. And then three, it dulls our ability to see reality. Starting with how unchecked and unstrategic use of positive self-talk can lead to toxic positivity 
this idea of cognitive dissonance is something that has its roots in psychology, where we hear about how having a disconnect between the way that you view yourself on the inside and the way that you live your life on the outside, that leads to a whole host of negative side effects, some of which are damage to our self-image, our confidence, and it also creates a breeding ground for negative self-talk. And the reason for that is this. We cannot consistently perform in a way that is inconsistent with how we see ourselves. And when we try to do that for a prolonged period of time, that's where the flip side of some of these seven benefits to positive self-talk that we talked about earlier come into play. Ultimately, it will lead to damage to our mental health because when we are striving to be something that is incongruent with how we see ourselves to be, it jeopardizes the image that we have of ourselves. It leads to lower confidence. It reduces our ability to respond resiliently in difficult situations. And this is why this idea of cognitive dissonance and how toxic positivity produces that is definitely something that we have to be aware of, because I'm not sure that is something that we often think about, particularly in this day and age where positive self-talk and all of the things that come with it in terms of how it can put us at risk for diving into toxic positivity. It's something that we just see a lot more in media, I would say, these days. And it's something that I am actually trying to guard against in my own life. But of course, it's a continuous struggle to be able to do that. Coming to this idea of how it strips us of our agency, toxic positivity can deceive us into thinking or rather I should say obsessive positive self-talk can deceive us into thinking that we can change our situation simply by thinking positively. And if it were that simple, then life would be almost too easy, I believe. If you could just think about the change that you wanted to make or think about something that you wanted to see happen differently in your life, and that's all it took for it to happen. I think the other part of this risk about how it strips us of our agency is that it puts us at risk for developing learned helplessness. And I just want to take a moment to define learned helplessness. One of the definitions that I came across that I really liked is that learned helplessness is a state that occurs after a person has experienced a stressful situation repeatedly. They come to believe that they are unable to control or change the situation, so they do not try, even when opportunities for change become available. And that's a definition that I also found from Medical News Today. And I think that the reason why this is something that we have to be aware of and guard against is that when you believe in your mind that you have done everything that you needed to do in order to create change in your life and there has not been a result that you're able to see, over time that is going to lull you or rather it puts you at risk for falling into this state of learned helplessness where you believe that you've done everything within your control to be able to change your situation. When we have this intentionality of being positive that is not accompanied by action, can we really say that we've done everything that we can? And so this is why this point of how it dulls our ability to see reality is probably the strongest and most pertinent pillar as to why it is that we need to guard against toxic positivity. Yorio, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, when you talk about dulling our ability to see reality, I think of a couple of quotes. One from a Chinese philosopher, Lao Tzu. Yeah, I love philosophy. And the reason being is that the messages that they send have a very specific message. They, they want you to hear something specific. But within that message, just like with art, there is our interpretation of that message and what that means. And so in this quote, Lao Tzu talks about filling your bowl to the brim and it will spill. Keep sharpening your knife and it will be blunt. I think this really highlights that point of dulling our ability to see reality because objectively speaking, when you are thinking so positively all the time that it overshadows your ability to see reality, to see what's happening around you, and you use that as a mechanism to avoid those hardships, in a way, you kind of lose your purpose. And our purpose is really important, and it's vital to the development of character, our development as people, and in many scenarios, it completely dissipates the meaning of life when you lose your purpose. And that leads me to a second quote by Frederick Nietzsche, who says, He who has a why can always overcome a how. Which then leads me to the thought, don't allow the world to give you what it wants. Fight for what it is that you truly, deeply desire. Having that said, I really want to bring it back to what Timmy and I truly believe is one of the greatest tools available to everyone that is serious about improving their lives and strategically making changes that are meaningful, that have objective, quantifiable metrics that you can evaluate and change as you continue to progress through your life and as you continue to assess in which areas you need to be more mindful and aware of. And so for these reasons, we want to talk about how when your positive self-talk inhibits your ability to objectively identify deficiencies in your life, lean on neutral self-talk as a tool that will help ground yourself back to reality. We want to thank everyone that's been taking the time to listen to our podcast. We would like to invite you once again to tune in next Friday as we continue to explore the concept of intrapersonal relationships. Thanks for joining everyone. God bless.